Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello and welcome to Rock That Relationship, Episode 7, which is about fixing others and being fixed, in quotation marks, that is, because we're going to be talking today about the compelling need for partners to feel like they want to fix or change others or their partners are trying to change them. Talk a little bit about where that comes from, why we do it, how do we make sure that we are keeping ourselves in check and making sure that we are true to our own authentic selves. And so today we're going to talk a lot about what this means, fixing others and being fixed. So Tracy, I'm going to start us off with a a question for you, really kind of looking at this topic is, you know, when we start in, you know, we think about it in in dating, right? That's really what we're looking Mm -hmm. at, but it could be anything, right? It could be friends. It could be, you know, we, you and I have had these conversations. Yeah. Is trying to fix somebody because you have some idea about what, what you want to do. So, you know, what is your take on this idea of this, like this need to fix others or change others who come into our lives because they're somehow not, not meeting what we expect them to be? Well, okay. You want my official opinion? Do you want my PC opinion? I mean, people would say I try to fix them or change them because I'm a vegan. So I'm hardcore vegan. I want everyone in the world to be vegan. It's a fact. People find that super annoying. Does it mean I want to change them? Right. So that always creates conflict in pretty much every, almost every relationship I've ever had. Now, is it fixing certain habits? Are we talking about, are we talking about like changing the person of who they are? So I think you have to look at all that. Are you a controlling person? Are you not a controlling person? So I have, there's a lot of nuance in this. And also I think there, it, I might sound a little hypocritical to say, Oh, I don't think we should fix others or be fixed because I actually don't have a hard line on this. Like some people do, because I do think that people come into our lives who can help us change. I've had a screaming fight about drug stuff in after drinking in a bar, and then it completely changed my opinion. Right. So people would think, Oh my God, don't talk about that topic with a friend. I did. And it changed my opinion. So I, I like a lot more discourse. I am a lawyer. So I really enjoy that like back and forth. And I learn through really having like deep discussions with people because I'm not, I don't personally, I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody, friend or whatever, where we can't discuss hard topics. So I may be more nuanced about this than you are. Does that? Well, no, I I think you bring up a a good point. I think for, for me, there's a, there's a clear line between something that's a personality characteristic and something that's a, maybe an unproductive behavior. Um, if I have, you know, I'm, I'm friends with, or I'm in a relationship with someone who is doing something that is, you know, behaviorally something that is hurting me, um, constantly being late, for instance, am I fixing them by, by saying, please be on time. It hurts me that you're not on time. I don't know if I'm fixing them or changing them. I'm just stating my needs and expectations Mm -hmm. for our relationship. To me, that feels like an appropriate 
kind of place to be. But I think when I think of fixing others, I think of someone, you know, I think of I'm an extrovert and I am going to date an introvert and I am going to get them to just like being around Mm -hmm. people because Mm -hmm. I like being around people and I want to be with someone who likes being around people. And I think that somehow that might be broken um, just because it's different. And so for me, that's where I clearly draw the line. That's not necessarily a behavior. That's a characteristic of somebody's personality. And if, you know, we have to remember we're having relationships with people who they are today and who they are holistically. If you've been an introvert your whole life, you're probably going to be an introvert for most of the rest of your life. And, right. And you probably want to be an introvert. So right. And it's it good. Be, right. 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 There's nothing wrong with that. And, and then, you, you no, know, but I was going to say, there's other things too, that are sort of, that, that's an obvious one, right? Where you're not going to like change the person because they, they're just, it's just as valid for them to be an introvert as, as I am an extrovert. But then there's other things too, like, what do you do with someone who um, perhaps lacks the kind of motivation that you want them to have and the motivation that they want themselves to have? So they might start a project and then quit, start a project mm-hmm. and quit. And then you're watching them and you're thinking, I would love to help you be able to stay motivated to finish that project. Now, is this an innate characteristic that they're just, Hmm. they don't have follow through? Or is this a behavior that you just don't like because it's not productive to the relationship? I'd probably say no to both, but I would say it's somewhere in between, which is, you know, do you want my help to be able to maybe complete these tasks that you, you have or these goals that you have, but then finding that line where you're not crossing over too much to to fix them and and push your own agenda on them. But also how do you be a support? And that's, that's where I think we're, we're sitting in the middle ground is where this discussion is most, you know, beneficial is what do we do in those kind of slippery spaces, right? Where it's not so clear that what we do. Well, yeah, this is a triggering conversation for me, Corey, Um, to be honest, (laughs) like in many ways, both because of my own behavior and the behavior of people that I have dated. Um, Gosh, it, it's really hard. And that's a really good question. Like, do you, are you wanting someone to be different because these things are driving you crazy because, or is it because you think that would make their life better or, and does it matter in a relationship if you're on the same page, as far as, you know, I don't know. Do Should we talk about, let's talk about specific examples. Cause I think this is a huge question. What does it mean to fix somebody else? Right, right. I mean, and, me- and, and people say, why would you get together with someone if you just want to fix them? Don't get together with someone if you want them to be different. But maybe they want to be different. Maybe they express right. that to you, right? And, and, and you're, you have competencies that I don't have. So my relationship with you is, has been very beneficial to me. I'm much more productive since I met you. Did you know that? <laughs> I think I posted about that on Facebook once. And it's true. It's not that you're trying to 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 nag me or get me to do stuff, but it's my being around you that's actually making me more productive. But right. I've been in the situation where somebody's told me, hey, I want to be different. These are the things I want to do. I don't want to do these bad behaviors anymore. And I want to have these more healthy behaviors like you do. And then I've been accused of trying to fix them. And, and accused by their, you know, circle, their inner circle of people around them. And I'm like, please let everybody know that these are the things that you want to do. But then it becomes in a relationship where you're not my coach. You're not my therapist. You're not this, you know, you're just supposed to be my partner. Okay. But I'm trying to be supportive. And I guess, you know, the way that you and I both are like, 
we're very motivated. We're very active. We're very out there. And if we see a problem, we want to fix it. And, and I think part of that is being a cheerleader. Part of it is giving suggestions. And it is hard for people like us to, to hold that back, you know? Um, and I've been with, you know, also an introvert who really her downtime was precious to her. And I found it maddening. <laughs> well, maddening. I mean, you know, and I think again, where we're really talking about, there's a difference here, right? What, what if you want the other person to change because you think they would be happier if they changed versus if someone themselves wants to change or they want something and they are having a hard time getting it. And so as a partner, are you the cheerleader? Or are you the coach or what are you? Are you just a bystander? So, I mean, in, in some ways, this is where I got trapped for a long time in one relationship is I had a partner who really had these lofty ideals and goals. And I would get so invested in them that I just, I, I wanted to see her be successful because she wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. She wanted to do these things. And then something would kind of come crashing down or just that it would just be kind of a, a loss of interest or whatever it was that I became more invested in the success or the achievement of the goal than she was. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to go to therapy for this because mm-hmm. I was, I was like, but I'm, but I'm just a cheerleader, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm want to be, I'm like her biggest fan. I want to see her do this because she wants it. And my therapist said, well, if she wanted it that bad, she would do it. Mm-hmm. And if she couldn't do it, she would find a way to figure out how to do it. And she hasn't asked you to help. Mm-hmm. And I got trapped in that. So the question is, is does someone want to change? Because at the you know, deep down, you know, my partner at the time must not have wanted some of these things because she would have made them happen if she really did. But what if it's just like a personality difference or a ability difference, right? Whatever you see, you want to do, you make happen. I've never seen anything like it. Like, okay, two other people I have seen like you, but you're a rarity, right? So is it possible that these people want these things, but they're not capable of getting them? And then when you're the cheerleader, so let's talk about actual cheerleaders. When cheerleaders are cheering on the side of the football game, are, do they actually care about the football game? I don't know because I wasn't one. Or do they just care about their cheering? Like when they're cheering, is their passion about the cheering? Yay, yay. Like because they want the team to win or are they cheering because they love cheer? Could they cheer for a basketball game, a football game, a lady soccer game? You know what I mean? Like. Does it matter to them what they're cheering for? Are they in it for the cheering? So are, so you're saying that maybe the partner gets something out of it personally by being the cheerleader, some sense of fulfillment by being that person, but it isn't necessarily an investment in the actual outcome of the other person's goal. It doesn't matter what that goal is that that partner wants to just feel good about being the cheerleader and being that support. Yeah. But then the other person that's being cheered on can find that super annoying. I've experienced that where my cheerleading becomes pressure to that person. Okay. But and then take it back. If you don't cheer enough, then you become disengaged and you don't care. And then they think you don't care. It's a really fine line. It is very hard. And again, we've talked about this before. That is why communication is so essential just to be able to say, look, I want what's best for you. You express this to me and I'm going to be your cheerleader. Okay. I'm the best. I almost used the swear word, but I cleaned it up for, for, for you, Corey. Didn't Thank use you. the swear word. Thank you. But I want to be the best. I'm, Hey, I'm going to be your best cheerleader. Right. Well, it depends on that person. Do they feel that pressure? 
is it, is that pressure to them? And if they can't communicate back to you what they need, then you're going to have conflict. Well, and then you can also be proactive and communicate to them and say, I know that you're trying to change something in your life. For instance, you want to lose weight. How would you like me to support you? Do you want me to, you know, cook healthy foods or, or is that going to be too much? Or do you want me to make comments when I notice that you're losing weight? Cause you want, you know, that may be mm-hmm. something that feels supportive. Do you want me to go exercise with you? And I think it's the being proactive about that as well, so that you're not assuming that the other person wants those things. Cause it, you're right. I mean, there's a real fine line between cheerleader and pressure cooker. But but even like an invite, right? So I do a lot, right? I'm very active. I'm very active all day long. And if I want to invite this person along with me, do they feel that is pressure? And then if you don't invite them, are they upset that you're not inviting them? But you've got to be, and this is where it's so important to be with someone who can communicate. It doesn't matter if they want to go with you on your hike or not. It matters that they can communicate what they want and what they need out of you. I mean, again, I think I said this, I don't know if I've said it in every podcast, but communication is the most important thing. And if you're with someone who can't communicate, or you're a person who can't communicate, no matter what, there's going to be breakdowns. Right, right. Well, yeah. and when, when we think about someone, again, this is back to it's the, some, the person wants to change, right? They mm-hmm. initiated the change. They said, hey, I want to do dot, dot, dot. You know, so we're talking about, you know, asking how they want you to show up as a cheerleader. But the other person or the other thing that we really need to talk about is letting them do it in their own way on their own timeline. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is, you know, sometimes they're doing something you've already done. So for instance, mm-hmm. it might be get in shape. I'll go back to that example. Say you're already in shape and they're getting in shape and you're seeing like, well, they're never going to get in shape if they're doing that. And you're staring at them and you're thinking that, and we've all done it. They're never going to achieve that goal if they don't do X or they do Y. And so part of it is abandoning that judgment and saying they're going to do it on their own timeline because if they find that all they're doing is, you know, walking to the mailbox and back every day and that's all they're doing to, you know, get in shape, they're going to find out that that timeline is going to be about a hundred years and they will never have gotten in shape. And they're going to have to figure it out on their own without you saying, you know, if you're only walking to the mailbox and back, you're never going to get in shape. Why don't you come on a walk with me? And you think you're being helpful, but really they're, you know, feeling judged. So part of it is letting them do it on their timeline, letting them do it in their own way. Maybe it's different. You know, I mean, I got in shape by doing a lot of walking and hiking. Other people might do it with biking. You play pickleball. I mean, so, and then this is just a real easy example because a lot of the things people want to change are not just something simple, like, you know, in some ways getting in shape, there are things that are, you know, really, really big. It might be career changes. It might be even changes in their own behaviors around how they want to interact with their family members or, you know, something, you know, it might be working through trauma. It could be any of those things. So the idea though really is to step back a little bit and making sure that they have the space. I have a question about that then. Do you think it's ever okay to say, uh, you going to therapy is a deal breaker for me. Like therapy, Mm -hmm. if you don't go to therapy, this isn't going to work, but I love you so much and I want things to work. And I really want to be in this. And and one of our podcasts is going to be about, you know, baggage versus red flags, right? Everybody has baggage. We all have baggage. How do we deal with it? And I do think that, you know, one of the things that people, they just don't know. So if you can say like, this is what's helped me so much. I'm not saying you have to do it, but if you're saying you want to fix these things about yourself 
And those are things you're saying that you want. I'm not saying, oh, you have to fix them. But there are some times, I think, where either it's an either or. Either you stop these unhealthy things that are having a detrimental effect on the relationship. I think that's where a line has to be drawn is are these things having a detrimental effect on the relationship? Right. And that, and again, that's, what we talked about the behaviors, right? Like, like I mentioned earlier, like someone's always late and if that just gets to, you know, to be so much so that you're feeling neglected or lied to, or, you know, put aside or whatever. And you can say that these behaviors need to change. Like that's part of this, you know, part of our relationship. I, I think those are appropriate, but I think some of the things are much deeper. Uh, um, and I, you know, I mean, I think therapy is great. And I think it's one avenue to addressing things. I don't know that I would use it as a, you need to get therapy or we can't be together, but I might say something like the way that this problem in your life and the way that whatever this issue is, is emerging, is affecting you and our relationship. And if, for those of you who have kids, our kids, our family, um, and it needs to be addressed because it's causing, it's having detrimental effects. So maybe you need to sit down and think or talk with someone about ways that you might be able to address the situation. And maybe therapy comes up as one of those, but you and I both know that forcing someone to go to therapy or even requesting heavily requesting them, they're not going to invest in it if they don't believe in it. Well, there you have to believe in it. I've been asked to go to therapy because I was in a marriage with children and the kind of things that I was doing weren't great. Right. And I didn't understand children. I read a lot of books, which actually helped a lot. Again, listening to podcasts, reading books, educating myself. Like when I moved in with my stepchildren, they were very young. So I read all the books each year about their age. And that really helped me, but also going to therapy to understand like what are family dynamics? Because I didn't grow up with normal ones. You know, what is a good and healthy family dynamic? So I've been asked to go to therapy before and I don't resent it. In fact, it's been so helpful for me that I'm glad that that happened. Now, I think there are things as we talked about in the previous thing, that red lines, deal breakers, whatever. I don't say, okay, you have this issue, bam, I'm out of here. No, but I might say you need to go to therapy to deal with it, or we can go to therapy together to deal with it. Otherwise, it will destroy us. Right, right. I would never just let it linger, but I, you know, I'll, I would say that this issue is problematic and is coming up. And so it's not really changing the person. It's helping address an issue that's creating, wreaking havoc right, on our relationship, right. you know, but I mean, what do you do? We, you know, kind of thinking about, we've been talking about mostly issues where someone, a partner or maybe a friend or whatever says, this is what I want to change or I want to do, or I want to quote fix about myself. And then you're sort of along for the ride as the potential cheerleader. But what do we do about things where we're identifying more than just behavioral issues, like being late or something, mm -hmm. but something that is really just problematic in the relationship and we want that person to, to change, right? Like, um, you know, what, what do you do about a person who, you know, for instance, I know this happens sometimes to couples where they're really active at the beginning of the relationship. Maybe they bike together and they hike together. And again, I'm using this kind of physical example because it, it resonates with me, but, and then as they get, they, they age together, the one stays really active and the other one becomes, you know, a lot less active, mm -hmm. a lot less physically able to do some of those things. And then the other person is frustrated and says, why can't you be like you were when we first got together? Remember how active you were and that person is just not physically fit anymore, or they're not interested in going and doing those things and you want them to change. Um, and the other person may or may not want to change, but it's not instigated by them. They're not coming up with that. So what do you do in the sense where you want someone to change, but maybe they don't want to change? 
Well, can I use a, a tale about, so this is at the end of the first year of law school, I was in an eight, seven, eight, probably seven year relationship at that point. And my partner said to me, you're just no fun anymore. And I was like, who's fun after a year of law school? And it was true. But rather than sitting down, communicating, going to therapy, I, I just yelled out, fine, go find somebody else who's more fun than me. And I was leaving <laughs> for the summer to go to Cambodia for an internship. And that's what I said. And, you know, I really regret it. Not, I mean, I'm best friends with that person now, so it's all good. But like, that was not the right way to handle it. Right. And was that person trying to change me or fix me? Not necessarily. They were trying to fix what the problem was, right? What was, there was a disconnect between us because I was busy all the time. Right. And then I was leaving for the summer. And so what was really the heart of that issue? We didn't get to it. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, and I think that there may be some truth in that when we say, you know, oh, don't try to fix this person or friends outside the relationship say, and we're not talking about abuse where someone's like, get up and put that outfit on every day and you're going to stay at home or you're going to go to work or you're going to do something. We're just talking like generally like, okay, I don't like that you're, you know, you don't want to go on the walks with me or you're not so active anymore, whatever, not abusive stuff, just stuff that's like kind of grains, like sand, sandpaper between you guys, you know, things Mm -hmm. that, and I do think that people, people do need to change a little bit, but they don't need to change who they are, but they maybe do need to compromise. I mean, here's another example. I went to Seattle with my, you know, wife at the time and stepkids. And all I did, we drove around and I told them where everybody died and who died on this corner and what happened there because I was a cop. So I just was like, oh, this is what happened here. It's horrible. And we had to pull the car over and have an intervention. You know, Tracy, <laughs> stop talking about these things. It is traumatizing for everybody in the car. Things that wouldn't be traumatizing to me. Right, right. right. And that's okay. That is the right time to tell somebody to change. Like, well, and you're focus on these things, right? Again, you're being asked to change a behavior. And that is something where you get feedback to change a behavior. Oh, I didn't realize I was talking about that. That wasn't the frame of mind I was coming from. But when you're asked to change your, the essence of yourself. So let me give you an example. Um, I was in a uh, couples counseling with a partner once and, um, what came up, which I didn't realize was an issue after many, many years together was that I am too passionate. I'm too passionate about the things I get involved in. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird because that is literally my favorite thing about myself is that I'm just like a hundred percent in everybody says like, I could just get excited about being in a cardboard box because yes, I can. I get excited and passionate about everything. And if you ever want to give me a present and I open it, I will be, it'll be like, you gave me a pot of gold. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I get excited about stuff like that. And I love that. And my partner at the time was like, it is too overwhelming to me. It is just, you are just, you, you spend too much time going down rabbit holes because this passion leads you places. And, and really it was the behavior, the behavior that should have been addressed was you don't spend enough time with me anymore. Mm -hmm. And instead of that, it was the essence of my character that was addressed, which is you need to stop being passionate because if you're, if you're not passionate anymore, then you might spend more time mm-hmm. with me because you're not busy doing all these projects. And so I think for me, what I like to have the feedback on and what I would prefer to give a partner a feedback on is the behavior that might be unproductive, but not the essence of who they are that's causing that. Because I'm pretty capable of being a passionate person and then curbing back my involvement so I can spend time with the people that I love if I was given that feedback. I am a grown up and can do that. But 
just curbing back my passion, that kills a big part of who I am. And just right. being given that feedback hurt. It stung. It was like, mm-hmm. wow, that is the essence of who I am. And you literally And did you ever like think of changing that? Did you ever once think that you no. should change that? No, I love that about myself, right. but I didn't realize that the effect mm-hmm. of that was that I wasn't spending quality time. And I would have been way open to that feedback, but right. being told that I was too passionate was like a slap in the face. And right. so when we think about, you know, giving that kind of feedback to a partner and saying, you know, here's some behavior that I would like to change it, you know, instead of saying you're a workaholic, you need to stop working so much. You can say, Hey, listen, it really you know bothers me when you come home late from work. I would love mm-hmm. it if you could come home by this time so that we can spend, you know, eat together. And, and that's the issue. The issue is the time. It's not the workaholic. It's the issue. I mean, that's the cause perhaps, but that's on them to figure that out. The behavior is what you want changed. So for me, that's what I think is most important. But there are characteristics, right? Personality characteristics. I'm very intense. You can't tell from this podcast, but I'm super intense. And like I think people can tell. And, and people, there are people that just don't like that. You know what but, I mean? But you don't have and to that's change. Okay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. See, that's the thing is if there's somebody who that rubs them the wrong way, that you are just an intense kind of a person and you're direct. As long as you are having productive behaviors in doing that, where you're not rude or you're not disrespectful, which you aren't, then that's a really great a great strength of yours. And you just need to find the people that that resonates with. I, I can handle it. I can, I I like that about you. Right. right? That's one of the things I really like about you. But if there's other people that are like, you need to tone it down a little, like then maybe that is, there are definitely those people out there. Yeah. Maybe that's not a good fit. So I mean, the difference between a a personality characteristic that has good quality to it Mm -hmm. versus something that just doesn't, isn't a fit for someone that's, there's a real difference for those things. And I think that that's, again, where therapy comes in, that each person can go to therapy and say, look, these are things that are causing difficulties in my relationships. Are these things that, that, you know, are these characteristics that I should probably work on? Or are these things not, are, am I finding people am I just not around the right people who like that? And, you know, I had that happen yesterday with a friend who just, I'm too much for her. Right. And I said, look, you keep calling me. So you need to take that time and figure out am I too much for you? Because I'm not going to change. I have toned myself down for relationships. I've put myself on the back burner. That is not going to happen again. So that's cool. If I'm too much for you, if my personality rubs you the wrong way, then we should part ways. And I I think that goes for romantic relationships, you know, family relationships. Right, right. Now you're going back to relationships. That idea of characteristics, you know, I, I, I do a lot of work with the Gallup strengths. Uh, if you're familiar with the Gallup strengths finder and you can find out your top five talent themes and, you know, what are your strengths? And so for instance, I have, um, you know, I have in my top five strengths, I have one that is called command and command. And, and it's funny because you joke around, you call me commander Corey, but really command is, is uh, out of the 34 strengths that you can take and get on this, basically this assessment. It's the 34th most common, meaning it's not very common. But I'm, I I have command and command basically means that I like to take charge of situations, especially when there's chaos or people aren't making a decision. I'm an initiator and everybody knows that about me. They joke around about how I plan events and I just sort of get people organized. And it's a great characteristic. Um, If I do it too much 
or I'm kind of like malintentioned about doing it, it can be a real drag, right? I can come off as bossy Mm -hmm. or inflexible. So even our very best characteristics, as I'm getting Mm -hmm. at, even Mm -hmm. our very best ones can show up behaviorally in ways that are not productive for people. Do I need to change the fact that command is one of my strengths and I take initiative and I get organized? No. But if I'm being bossy, someone can say, hey, Corey, you're being bossy right now. And I'll tone it back because I don't want my strength to show up like that. I want Mm -hmm. my strength to show up as something positive. But when, you know, when we're thinking about changing people, we want to start looking at people as their collection of their assets and their strengths, like who they are, you know, the fact that, you know, maybe they don't, they're, they're conflict avoidant and that's a real problem. But what's the strength of that? The strength of that is, you know, perhaps they, they, they don't engage in pick fights and they don't, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they're really thoughtful about maybe their intentions behind communicating And maybe we, you know, we work together in partnership to bring out the best in each other so that we're not like bringing out the worst in our own strengths. Because again, that's what we get upset about. And we want to change. I want you to stop being so conflict avoidant. Well, that's, that's think about where does that come from and how do we shift that around to use someone's strengths? That's good. So what about if you're looking to date or you start to date someone this question drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, dating for potential. Do you date the person as they are or do you date the person as they say they want to be? I mean, I date them for who they are. I'm going to assume that they are never going to change. Mm-hmm. I, change for, for uh, I don't want to say, change towards something that I would be more, that would be more favorable in mm-hmm. my mind. Um, people are obviously going to change in any direction in your own mind, which you think is better or worse. And that's the eye of the beholder. But I, I think that, that, um, I have learned, you know, I'm like, I, I've dated people where I'm like, well, when this person, you know, you know, gets this job, they're going to feel more settled. And then they're going to, then this particular part of their personality is going to come out and they're not going to be so anxious. Or when mm-hmm. this, when this, I mean, even external things, I'm like, well, when this happens or when they do this, it's going to be this. And you're just waiting. Um, I found I was just waiting. It's uh, people, people, are the characteristics of people very rarely change. I can look back to when I was a very little kid and I was on the playground and I would go over to the jungle gym and I would climb all the way up to the top and I get on the top and I'd be like, kids gather around. And I would organize everyone and I would break them up into groups to do things. I was like five years old. Guess what? I am almost 50 and I do the same thing. Our characteristics are very rarely changing. It just, what changes is how we show up to use those characteristics and those strengths. And so I, I think I would date somebody for who they are because at the heart of it, that's always going to be who they are, even if their behaviors change a little bit one way or the other. Well, so my best friend is dry, like, she's, she's always telling me date somebody at like who they're showing up as, not who they say they want to be. And, you know, I don't know. I I'm on the fence about that one because I, I feel like I have changed so much, not necessary. I mean, weirdly, I was very shy as a child. And then one day I just wasn't shy anymore. And, but yes, I have been this kind of assertive dominant person since probably my twenties. Right. But I do know that people can change. I just don't, I don't believe that. I believe in hope and change and that people can change. And I, if somebody tells me they want to change, I believe them. And, and, you know, there are reasons that they don't change and it's like a cycle or a wheel or something like that. I've, I've studied it a couple of times and clearly I'm not a PhD in it, but like sometimes people say stuff, it's aspirational, but they don't really want to change. Right. 
Sometimes uh-huh. they just don't have the courage. Okay. There might be other things in their life. They're scared or they didn't get that kind of like scaffolding to learn how to be a courageous person when they're younger. Sometimes it's their environment, literally, you know, the whole thing about being a crab in a crab pot and the other crabs are going to pull you down. When you try to get out, when you try to change, they're going to pull you right back down into the pot. And sometimes people try to change and they have failures and, and that just destroys them. Right. And, and so they quit. And I just don't, I feel like this is something that, you know, you have to fail and fail and fail and fail and fail before you succeed. And I think that people don't always see that failure and people that don't have that experience of stepping out and trying, they don't know, like, you know, raising children, you see, they think that everything has to be perfect from the get go, right? Like I would have to tell them my ex-wife and I would have these conversations of, you don't know how to do everything perfectly the first time. Who, who does? Nobody does about anything. So I think if people haven't ever tried, if they haven't tried to achieve their goals, it is, it is terrifying. Right. And sometimes they just think, Oh, the problem's not that bad yet. I mean, if you look at eating healthy or exercising, right. People often, I mean, you can be on any like, you know, Facebook group or website about it. They wait until they have a heart attack, right. Mm -hmm. Until their first heart attack. And then they decide to change. And then some people just don't know how. And I fell into that category for a long time. So even when I was in a relationship and my partners were saying, you need to be different, you're too abrasive, you're too this, or it was like deeper stuff than that. I literally, even though somebody was telling me this is, you need to change this. I was like, I don't know how. I don't know how. It's not that I don't want to, it's that I don't know how. And I want to give, if I love somebody, I want to give them that benefit of the doubt. And I want to be there and be that support. But then of course you cross the, you like run the risk of, they think you're, you're too invested in their outcome. I don't, you know, it's, or you pressure them, right. Or right. you're that, right. that, that right. cheerleader that's like over right. the top. Or you're I mean, like, I, listen to this podcast, read this book. This will help right. you. Let's do this. Let's do that. And that's how you and I both are. I mean, we're like Tasmanian devils of the podcast and books on tape and coaching and like, you know, right, all right. of these things because we know, okay, these things will help, but yes, it is hard to know that. Right. Well, and it's hard to receive that. I mean, that's, I mean, again, we're talking like for, for me, do I, will I be with somebody who wants to change a behavior? Like they just want to, you know, stop drinking soda or something. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a behavior. That's not like an innate characteristic of their like deep sense of who they are. But if we're talking like someone, you know, is really, you know, like this deep rooted sense of, you know, lack of motivation and all of a sudden they mm-hmm. want to be more motiv- motivated and they just can't seem to get up and do it and over and over. I'm not, I, I can't seem to think that that's going to change. And, and then I get frustrated. I know for me, you know, I worry about being partnered with someone who is, you know, said, I have this big lofty change I want to make and particularly makes it public and says, I, you know, I want to make this change and I'm going to do this. And then, and then I'm, 
A, the cheerleader or the pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm invested and I care about them and I care about this change. And then I'm doing things like sending podcast links and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making appointments and, and helping, right? Helping with the air quotes. But in some ways, like as the partner who becomes so invested in that too, it's not just about the impact it has on the relationship and your partner, but it's also the impact it has on, on yourself. Mm-hmm. Like for me, and your happiness, right? I found mm-hmm. that, that when, you know, if I had a partner who wanted to do something and wanted to change and wasn't successful, over and over with that change. And other people started to know about that lack of success. That became kind of a reflection on me. Like, how are you not helping? Mm-hmm. How are you not the partner that's mm-hmm. that's helping her achieve this goal? And for me, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't, I don't know, because if I'm too invested and too involved, then that's bad. If I'm not invested and not involved, that's bad. And so it became sort of a reflection on me, or at least I felt like that. So it becomes really a a tricky situation. And I guess when we go back to what you said early, Tracy, it's like this, it's nuanced. It kind of depends on what that change is, how committed to that change they are. Um, if they're willing to deal with setbacks and say, okay, I'm going to keep trying over and over or modify what they're doing. Um, I, you know, I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, you decided you want to be in better shape and it's been six months and you're not in better shape. So I'm out of here. That's not what I do, but you know, I really want to be mindful that I'm not just getting in their space and in their way to change the essence of who they are, but maybe, maybe support them if they want to change their behaviors. Right. And it is, I mean, so with my ex-wife, it was, you know, she's like you, a very motivated person can make anything happen. And she gave me the space to write a novel. I wrote the novel and then I did nothing with it. And that is like a huge difference in personalities and like, well, how did she the, feel about it? I mean, she oh, gave you well, space that, as your supporter. Yeah, was did she, she upset that you didn't oh, do it? Extremely, yes, yeah, very upset. Right, with me. because she was invested right. in it. She, yes, invested in me being successful, and I think she also saw, like, you could do something this. You could be so much more, and you're choosing not to. And that is really hard on a partnership. And and you you have to either go to therapy or really have the communication skills to sit down and talk about that. And and again. I cannot reiterate it enough. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Right. And it, you know, it really, if you can just sit down with that person and really talk about things. I mean, my not doing anything with the novel wasn't based on like, I just got like, oh, lazy or it just was like, boop, done. It's really the root of all that is fear is not having the courage enough to put that out there and stuff like that that needed deep therapy, right? And right. if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, go deep, just go deep. Don't yeah. be afraid. Like, you know, unless this person's a monster, like that's, what's going to deepen your relationship. Like the vulnerability stuff, you know, really you got to trust that other person and you need the, I mean, you should only be with a person that you can trust. And when you do that, that relationship can be so fulfilling. Right, right. Well, I mean, and that's, again, if you have that self-awareness, which I think is important, like if you know that, hey, I didn't do anything with this novel because I'm deeply afraid of my own self-worth as an author. And sometimes people, people don't know what's holding them back. Like, like I don't, like I want to be in shape, but I don't understand why I'm not motivated to get up and walk. I don't understand. There's something below that. Right. And that, and I think that that's important for people to identify, but again, it's important for them, the person or you as your own issue to identify and not to do that for them. Um, because again, it's their timeline, it's their space, but if their behaviors related to that impact the relationship, that's where, for me, that's the clear line for me. Right. 
Well, it's a growth mindset versus a non-growth mindset. And if you can't communicate about that and get on the same page, it's really hard. It just is hard on a relationship. Right, and, right. And even no matter how much you love that person or they love you, although I really feel like if people, two people really love each other, they should do everything in their power to keep trying. Oh, you're the hopeless romantic and I'm the, yeah. I'm, the I'm the practical <laughs> partnership. I mean, I, I get it. Um, but well, we've had a really great conversation today. And I think, you know, really some of the takeaways as we look at this idea about, you know, changing or fixing others versus, and, and then changing, having them change and fix us is this idea of really, um, you know, being open to feedback really, or giving feedback based on behaviors that might impact the relationship with the other person, but really looking at differentiating that from people's personality characteristics that are just who they are, that as long as they're not showing up unproductively, Mm -hmm. that's who they are and knowing that that's who you're going to get, but also understanding that sometimes people want to change and you don't know exactly how to help them. So what do they need? Instead of just assuming mm-hmm. what they need, talking and communicating, as Tracy always says, about what they need. And then understanding that below our desires for change, changing others or being changed are a lot deeper issues about why we're not doing things. Why aren't we doing anything with the novel? Why aren't we working out? Why aren't our partners doing these things? Mm-hmm. And really kind of having that deeper conversation to help explore that. But again, this idea of not going into a relationship with the presumption that you are going to change somebody um, for whatever, you know, you deem to be kind of the better version of themselves, even if that's what they want, but being the support that they need and that they call for. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we really appreciate you all tuning in and um, listening to episode seven of Rock That Relationship about fixing others and fixing ourselves. Uh, tune in to our next episode, episode eight, where we're going to be talking about giving others the benefit of the doubt. This is, a, again, this fills my bucket to talk about as I'm a, you know, try to be that glass half full kind of person. Talk a little bit about benefit of the doubt. So stay tuned. And until then, make sure you go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.